Just like, uh, like, you, like you devastate a city or you cream, or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like, like you put all the offensive players in one bag and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football! Let's play some football! The pressure is on. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, good morning, welcome in to Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you, digital managing editor of Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. That's Joe Gaither, brand manager of Tide 100.9, Mesa Woods behind the glass, as well as Hunter Brantley helping us out today. Plenty to get into. We didn't uh, we didn't even touch on the A&M thing <laughs> yesterday. Uh, so we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But where I do want to start is our mayor, Walt Maddox. Auburn beats Oregon State 4-3 to three to move on to the College World Series. Good for Auburn. Good for the, the four SEC programs that are all headed out to, to Omaha to, to play in the College World Series for a chance at a national championship. When you earn it, you earn it. That's all well and good. And there, but there's a stark difference between what our mayor Walt Mathematics has done 
and what Hunter Johnson was attempting to do. A stark difference. He was reverse jinxing, right? Exactly. It was uh, reverse psychology. Hunter was was trying to give the bad juju to the Auburn Tigers for once, and it didn't work. It didn't work. But props to Hunter for for making an effort of it. But, Walt, what are we doing? What are we doing talking with Ron Anders and tagging everything Auburn in this tweet, saying that we are all Auburn baseball fans tonight. We know how much this means to at City of Auburn, Alabama, and to you as an avid at AU uh, athletics fan. He's cloud chasing. What are we doing? You, Walt, you don't get any votes from that side of the state, buddy. <laughs> Look at me. I'm cool. <laughs> no, this, this is not how it works, man. Rivalry, rivalry, you can have a friendly rivalry. You can. Just look at the AFC South. Nobody <laughs> hates anybody. <laughs> don't lie, Mason. No, don't lie. There is there is a vehement hate in my heart for the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sure. That is a lie. I'm sure. <laughs> but you can, also, you can have the most extreme of rivalries. The Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Mm. The Yankees and the Red Sox, right? I mean, the it goes on and on. You can have respectful rivalries, you can have rivalries where you're you're really you are friendly, you just want to see who who's going to do better. But the 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 point on the scale where Auburn and Alabama are is not a friendly rivalry. It is not a respectful rivalry. It is a hateful rivalry. It is big brother and little brother. And they don't consider each other family. Right? This is, that is West Georgia. That is the Cal College. They don't get the respect. They, we don't cheer them on. We acknowledge them when they do well. That's what we do. A couple years ago, the, the the Auburn basketball team makes the final four, and I thought they were the best team in basketball. Boo! But you don't. Praise the Lord for Virginia. Right. Stuff happens, you lose. We give you some hell for it. But had they won that natty, they would have earned it. Right? Yes. I mean, it, and it takes a little bit to stand up and admit that. It doesn't feel good. doesn't feel good to admit that Cam Newton did what he did. Doesn't feel good to know that the one team that won a national championship without the involvement of the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Florida State Seminoles, beat the Auburn Tigers for that national championship. It doesn't. Feel, oh, that did feel good. But I like the stat that every team over like the past thirteen years has had to either be Alabama or go through Alabama. I agree. That one is an outlier. And it's because Auburn did what they had to do that year. Props to them. I don't wish them success, though. When you get the success that you've earned, fine. But we are not Auburn fans. We are not cheering them on. I hope they fall flat on their face. 
I hope every SEC program falls flat on their face. It's the one thing that Jeff can call in about any day of the week, and we're always going to agree on. We're not here to cheer on the rest of the SEC. We're not here to be their friends. We're here to kick their ass. We're not here to support the SEC. We are here to win the SEC. And we beat three of these four teams in regular season play, including a sweep on Ole Miss. We are not here to be their friends and to cheer them on. We are not. We're here to win. When they do good, praise them. Actually, Chuck, don't praise them. Acknowledge them. You did it. Good job. We've done it before. We've done it more. Maybe not in baseball. Maybe not in basketball. But where it counts on the football field, where it counts in the pocketbook, where it counts in 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 the education, where it counts in things to do in your city, where it counts everywhere else, we win. We're the Alabama Crimson Tide. This is the most gump rant I've ever been on. Go for it. But we are not here to cheer on the Auburn Tigers, Walt. We are not. You've been you're not new at this, my friend. You're not new at this. You've been here a long time. He's been making that mayor salary, and if you look it up, it's disgusting what it is. <laughs> He's been making that mayor salary for 50, 17 years now. And you you grew up here, Walt. <laughs> you know the game. You know how it's played. You know we don't support them. We acknowledge them because we have to, because they're here, because we have to trade where the high school football championships are played. Right. Because they're there. Because we have to make that trip down I-20 and have to get off the interstate to get to their city <laughs> in the middle of the nowhere. <laughs> one way in, one way out city. Because we have to. Because they're on the schedule in the last week of every season because we play them twice during basketball season because we have a series with them every year in baseball, softball, and everything else, and we beat them. And we relish the opportunities to kick their ass and to beat them. And we don't cower behind excuses when they win. We don't do any of the other things that you may do in a friendly rivalry. This is how you get to the point of Alabama and Tennessee in football, how you get to the hammer and nail is by almost ignoring their existence and just going out there, playing the game and winning, not supporting them. I've said it a gazillion times. We don't cheer on the SEC. We don't keep track of the bowl record and hope that the SEC wins this no. fictional bowl season. None of that. I'm not, and I'm not cheering on AM or Ole Miss or who, who's the Arkansas? Arkansas. I'm not, not cheering Texas on any of them. Or Oklahoma. No. And yet, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma being out there too, they're SEC futures. I'm not cheering on any of them. And not, don't you say it's because, Jacob, you're not watching it. That ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's the principle of the matter. We don't cheer on the rest of the SEC to do what we can't do and what we weren't given the opportunity to do despite, honestly, having earned it 
based solely on the fact that of these teams that are here, Alabama played them pretty damn well. I'll leave it alone at that. Well, watch what your thumbs do on Twitter, buddy. Don't go supporting the enemy. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll head out to the phone lines. We'll talk with Julene, 205-342-9904 if you want to join the conversation. We'll also talk about Texas A&M. And they're... I I thought we were done. I thought Jimbo said we were putting this behind us. I guess not. Not for A&M. It's not good enough until they actually win something. We'll be back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit Alabama Public Health gov forward slash imm sponsored by the alabama department of public health the aba and this station tide 100.9 tuscaloosa weather partly to mostly sunny and very hot today just a small chance of any one spot getting a shower through the evening hours the high today 96 the low tonight 72 tomorrow morning sunshine a few scattered afternoon storms around the high 95 I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you. Joe Gaither, Mason Woods, Hunter Brantley, and the new one from Falling in Reverse that I love. Thank you for finding this so quickly, Mason. You're the man. You're welcome. <laughs> we also have Ronell joined us today. Ronell. I don't know if you can see him over there. He's kind of in the corner over here. I, I was going to remember your name. You, you went ahead and said it. I promise. <laughs> Let's head out to the phone line. Let's talk with Julene. Julene, what's going on? Popcorn fart. How are you today? I'm good. I, I didn't hear what you said. All I heard was popcorn fart, and I don't know what that is. But I said it's hot <laughs> as a popcorn fart. I feel that. It is hotter than hell outside. I'm not a fan. Hot as hell, yes. And when <laughs> popcorn is hot, it farts and blows up, right? Right. Okay, so roll tide, brother. Roll tide. I'm doing all right. Anyway, I just wanted to chime in. I I wanted to call um, Gary Harris, so Joe's sitting in earlier, but 
had a meltdown with that, didn't we, Joe? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we did. We had a li- we had a little uh, what do you call it? Miscommunications. Yes, yeah, something something went wrong. But anyway, I tried to uh, pick up about what Walt Maddox uh, put out about all of us cheering for Auburn and congratulating them and. Um, with all due respect, Mayor, I did not vote for you, and I do not pull for Auburn. I don't care whether they're there or not. I'm glad Tennessee got knocked out because they are despicable. Now, if Auburn goes any further, good for them. I have never, ever, ever that I can remember Walt Maddox ever saying anything good about Alabama, and yet he represents our city. Uh, I've heard him say good things about Alabama. I'm not, no, I'm talking about Alabama Crimson Tide. I, no, I, I mean that too. I've I've heard him say plenty, but well, it must have been a lot. I, I just time I would not recommend going out on a limb and speaking for the rest of us when it comes to this rivalry because well, you're not gonna you're not gonna say the right words. Amen. Amen to that. And let me tell you something else. It's probably a, a sign of what's to come. You know, he's he's dabbling in things he shouldn't be dabbling in. He could have, like you all said, he could have said it privately. He didn't have to speak for uh, the city of Tuscaloosa. You know, us being major Crimson Tide fans. So, good for Auburn. I'm proud of them. Walt Maddox, you just put another X against your name as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, as far as Texas A&M, ATM, he is, ooh, he's opening up a can of worms. He's scared. He, you know what? You can buy all the players you want to buy, Jacob, but you got to coach them. Yep. And you got to beat somebody. You got to beat somebody. He's scared. That's why he's trying to do what he, you know, this letter or whatever he's done. And it's despicable. He's despicable. Marijuana, Walt Maddox is despicable. And that's, that's all I got to say today. All right. And I love y'all. Roll Tide. And this is the best station in everywhere in Alabama. Oh, yeah. I like it. Appreciate it, Julian. Roll, Roll Tide. God bless y'all. Bye. I'm, I've heard Walt Maddox say good things about the Crimson Tide. He's a fan. I'm not going to take that away from is him. Is he a fan or is he a fan of their money? I'm sure he's a fan of their money. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, trying to tax it. You're trying to raise the beer tax so we can't do no beer in Coleman unless it's, unless he gets his cut. No, I agree. Uh all politicians are going to do things to, to pad their wallets and make it more difficult to do the things that are that are blatantly, obviously good. Have you seen his his salary? Oh, no, his wallet doesn't need padding. Uh, no, I agree that we we talked about this with with uh, Tiger and the billion dollars, right? Who turns down a billion dollars? And you would think it's the guy with a billion dollars, but really, it's it's somebody that might have some sort of a moral compass. And I mean, I know we're talking about Tiger Woods here, but it's the, the the fact of the matter is is that it's about the next dollar. 
It, it's about what comes next. You're not worried about what you already have. But what's the thing with this A&M pushing to not only have Nick Saban suspended, but also potentially having him fired? Like, to, to petition, I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done with the A&M Alabama saga. Uh, A&M writing to the SEC commissioner's office. We write to express Texas A&M University disappointment and outrage at the recent statements made by Alabama head football coach Nick Saban that A&M bought every player on their team made a deal for name, image, and likeness. Coach Coach Saban's statement was a blatant violation of SEC bylaws regarding sportsmanship. More significantly, without citing any facts to support his statement, Coach Saban is accusing every single player in A&M's recruiting class and current football team of violating NIL guidelines of Texas state law. And that's not really the case of what Nick Saban said. Nick Saban was making a broader statement and using one example. Did he say his example the wrong way? Yes. Have you ever gotten into an emotional conversation and said something trying to prove a point? and you say it the wrong way, and it doesn't work out, that's probably kind of what happened to Nick Saban there. It's frustrating to have to watch college football evolve the way it has from his standpoint where you've always been successful and now you're not. But for A&M to cross into this territory, are they not guilty of exactly what they are... uh, Are they not guilty of exactly what they're, they're referencing Nick Saban for here in saying that, we're, we're making accusation that Nick Saban's making accusations that Nick Saban's coming after them in a way that is against sportsmanship. When Jimbo Fisher, the next day at 10 a.m., not even much time to process what had been said after a night's sleep, got on and starts talking about Nick Saban's skeletons in the closet and ask anybody about Nick Saban. They'll tell you he's a different person. Ask anybody about how he runs his organization. Ask anybody this, that, and the other, and he wouldn't be asked himself. Is he not coming after Nick for the same things? Is he not partaking in exactly what they're accusing Nick Saban of? And especially when when Nick's side of this has been misunderstood, and Jimbo's has for the most part as well. People are just going to take the sides of their fandom, right? We just got done talking about a rivalry. This is one that's budding into what it's going to to eventually become, and it's one that is fueled by a lot of hate rather than respect for A&M being able to give it to, that, to Alabama every once in a while. Instead, it's, it's devolving into this where fans are just going to take their sides, right? We, we've seen it with the outlets as well. Like, whoever's covering who, that's the side of the perspective that they seem to be more understanding of. And in reality, there's there's so much more of a middle ground of what Nick Saban and what Jimbo Fisher were trying to get, get across. But for Jimbo to say at the SEC spring meetings, I'm done with it. It's behind us. We're done. But the university to come back and want to seek action against Nick Saban only speaks further to the competitive advantage that they are trying to create for themselves, if you ask me. Because if you remove Nick Saban from the equation, Auburn wouldn't know much about this, but you have a stronger chance of beating the Alabama Crimson Tide. You have a stronger chance of 
building yourself into something that can challenge them for the ultimate throne of the SEC. I think it's low and underhanded by the university themselves to want to reach out to to further along this sportsmanship idea that honestly has been forced to go against Nick Saban and all of these, but we never said a word about Satterfield. We never said a word about what Jimbo Jimbo's retort never said a word about any of these sorts of things, but yet the sportsmanship thing applies to Nick Saban for what he said at a booster event. All right. We got to clear some things up here. Cause I think there's a lot of misconceptions going on. First off, uh, these emails begin the, these emails requesting, requesting, uh, let's see, requesting, uh, what's a quote? False, but the SEC should cons- also consider monetary and participation penalties against Coach Saban. This is an email that uh, called Coach Saban's comment false beneath the dignity of the SEC and corrosive to the fabric of the sportsmanship of college football. So these emails start the morning of May 19th, right at the, basically the morning after Coach Saban's comments. Now, that's where this starts. The FOIA requests uh, that uh, on three uncovers basically gets gets the news yesterday. So I don't know how that's proceeded w- with the office, mm-hmm. uh, but he, but here's the th- here's the other deal. The site also on three reports that. Fisher had a phone call with Greg Sankey that morning, which he told the commissioner he planned to hold a news conference, and and Sankey warned against stepping over the line. Now, I think, and now this is just like where I'm putting in some speculation, I think the, you know, Ross Bjork and the athletic department said, we're going to just ask the conference to deal with this. We're going to ask the conference to deal with this. And I think Jimbo was... Kind of went uh, went cowboy a little bit and said, yeah. "I'm going to go. Uh, uh, I'm going to go respond." And Sankey said, "You know, better, better watch your mouth. Be careful." And he did not watch his mouth. Very obviously, obviously. <laughs> uh, and I, and so the the storm perpetuated and continued. And then the conference responded at 3:45, issuing reprimands to both Saban and Fisher. I kind of think if Jimbo doesn't hold that press conference. That your your request at least for at least for monetary and participation penalties against Coach Saban, I think your request for at least your monetary penalties, you might get that. But your your football coach went berserker in, in the press <laughs> conference, and, and, and you know went scorched earth, light, light, lighting the conference on fire for a little while. And I think the best case scenario is, hey, let's reprimand both sides and tell everybody to. SDFU and move on. But I still think there's. It's bizarre how personal they took this. Like I get the 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 point, the the phrasing. A and M bought every player in its recruiting class. Yeah, that's disrespectful. It is, but it is still the crux of an argument. A and M got those players because of the nature of NIL. Whether or not they paid all of them, whether or not they did anything illegal, Saban didn't suggest that they did anything beyond the realm of their laws, beyond the realm of the NCAA's NIL laws. Or Fair. he just he just insinuated that Jimbo Fisher sucks at recruiting without money. What else has he done in his career? He got Jameis. Outside of that, it's been pretty mid. So if, I, if I said you sucked at, at your job with, or you sucked as a radio host without without sound drops or something, wouldn't you be offended by that? Yeah, a little bit. 
but I think at the same time, when you <laughs> there's like a a point where you have to step back and look at the argument that is being made against you, and understand that it wasn't just you that it was coming against, and it wasn't just about you. It was about a broader topic. So when yeah, if you single me out and have nothing else to your argument, then yeah. It, then you're going to be open to a response, really. But if it's a broader statement, if it's, since we're, we're being a little bit meta here, but if it's a broader statement against Tide and I'm included in the argument against Tide, then that makes a tad bit more sense. Okay, everything is wrong and none of us are realizing it because we're here, right? When that's the argument, that makes a tad bit more sense once you have the, the capability of stepping back and saying, Okay, I see what you're saying. I can understand why you might feel that way. And you're right. Like, Jimbo goes cowboy. He goes berserk. He he goes and does his own thing, and he probably ruined himself out of getting what he wanted out of the situation. But if you're going to do that, first of all, don't hold back. Don't don't say, ask anybody that's ever worked for him, and then yeah. not just say what what's, what's on your mind. I really wish somebody would have said, how much did y'all pay for that LSU team? I mean, anything, literally anything. And for them to have been on, to have actually like been friends. Like it wasn't so long ago that Jimbo waited an hour outside the locker room to talk to Nick after a national championship win. We're not, we're not blind to the fact that these are two grown men with stellar reputations that can be, they're football coaches. They can be a little bit on edge, but you have to step back and look at what the conversation was about because Jimbo, AM, it wasn't about you. It was about the nature of college football and where it's at. And the ultimate argument, the ultimate argument being that everything about college football right now is not sustainable. And it, that doesn't mean that Nick feels pressure that all of a sudden he's not going to be able to be Nick Saban, that he's going to lose his death grip on the world of college football. It has more to do with the structure of it. Obviously, Nick Saban lives in some fairy tale world where parody exists in college football <laughs> as well. He's not absolved from his part in this conversation because there's no such thing as parody in college football. And somebody's going to be like, oh, there's been X number of national champions over the past 13 years, even with Alabama, and I'm not going to buy it. It's it's still always going to be the same Blue Bloods. Until you shorten the field, the parity doesn't seem to exist the way that parity should. There is no 130 to number one. You know, if your field is 32 and you go from 32 to one, that's parity. You know, and you can go from 32 to 1 in college football today if you really bust your ass at it, but it's really not that plausible and it's really not likely to happen. So, again, going all the way back to when this first happened, there's points to be made on both sides. But really, what neither one did is step back and look at the entire argument and make the argument against the, the, the status of college football for what it is rather than going in full-on emotions and testosterone, because that's how you mess things up. We'll take a break, and when we come back, head back out to the phone lines, 205-342-9904, if you want to join the conversation here on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. 
footage. Follow Off The Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off The Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Back here on Off The Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here, Joe Gaither there, Mason Woods, Hunter Brantley, and Ronnell all behind the glass helping us out. And you on the phone lines, 205-342-9904. That's where we find Max in Tupelo. What's going on, Max? How's it going, Jacob? It's been a while, buddy. Yes, sir. How you doing today? Doing all right. All right, so uh, what in your mind do you think the chances are of anything coming of this petition that Texas A&M is throwing out there? Honestly, nothing. <laughs> I, I, That's I think, what I think, too. I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Saban being suspended. I wouldn't be too worried about any other. I think, you know, Joe is ultimately right. You know, they tried to get out ahead of this early, and and Jimbo screwed it up. But on for for all it is, it's just – two old guys yelling at each other about something that, that doesn't have anything to do with the greater argument. It the, the the way Jimbo handled this actually took the focus off of the broad the the broad argument of the nature of what college football is and instead put us on a TMZ track to talk about the the crap that doesn't matter, which is these two old guys just yelling at each other. And and eventually they put it behind themselves and I mean, on three is just doing their job and reporting, but it gets resurfaced as as something completely new, basically, and it doesn't it doesn't help get the conversation to where it needs to be. Now, I don't want to talk about NIL for for the rest of the summer either, but the fact is is that college football is not sustainable the way that it is, and Jimbo unintentionally or intentionally took the focus off of that by making it about himself and about his program, and that's not what it was about. Well, and what Saban said, he never said. This team cheated. That team cheated. He just said, here's an example of what's wrong with this NIL. And, you know, he didn't cheat because there aren't really any rules around the NIL. So what Jimbo did was not cheating, and Saban didn't say he cheated. So, you know, I I don't see any way Sankey could bring down any sort maybe fine him, I guess. But if you're going to find Saban, you got to find Jimbo for the name calling and the three-year-old bit that he threw. Yeah. Uh, but there's no way they could suspend it. That, like, it's not possible. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, think, it's, I think it's honestly kind of silly to insinuate that Saban could be or should be suspended for what he said because you're absolutely right. Now, he doesn't – you don't necessarily need to say they cheated. I don't think it needs to be that black and white. There is an insinuation that can be interpreted if your feelings are easily hurt, I guess. The the, the statement they bought all of their players, Joe's right. That that kind of does insinuate that Jimbo or that Nick is calling Jimbo bad at his job as a recruiter. But the 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 truth is in the details and the fact that homie, you, you signed more five stars in this class than you had signed your entire tenure at A and M combined. Like you don't just magically do that after an eight and four season. Not without other, because what what a lot of people want to do is look back to Saban's first recruiting class at Alabama, the the one with Julio that was well regarded. I don't know what it ranked, but you could you could make the same 
implications that Saban somehow paid for those players. And who knows? I mean, college football is what it is. We all know it ain't squeaky clean. But the, the fact it? of the matter is, is that Nick was already good at this. Nick was already ha- making fantastic recruiting classes at LSU and Michigan State. And then he goes to the NFL and is marginally successful. The Dolphins completely crumbled without him. He comes comes to Alabama, shows that there's a new way to do things, and gets guys like Julio to come in, and then he starts recruiting like the GOAT that we know he is today. Jimbo's done none of those types of things. He won one natty and fell off the horse immediately right after when that quarterback left. And nothing has really went his way at A&M save for a 2020 season that was marred by a 30-point loss to Alabama. And last year, the only notable thing he did was was beat Alabama in a game that ultimately did not matter because they went 8-4. and four. Right. Well, I mean, all Saban was saying is, look, are you sure this is what you want football, to, college football to be? Right. Look, this is what A&M was able to do because there are no rules. And now, like you said, if you want to get your feelings hurt and interpret it a different way, I guess you can. But if you take your feelings out of it and step back and listen to the sentences and how he put the words in those sentences, he never said this guy did something wrong. He just said these rules are allowing this to happen. Here's an example. Yeah. And so I don't see any way they can suspend him. It's not possible. And, you not know, any time that Nick says, is, are you sure this is the way you want it to go, and it goes oh, that yeah. way, he makes him pay. He always does. Yeah, and that's why he's saying, he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because any rule that they've made up in the past 10 years is to try to uh, handcuff Saban. And he's like, all right, if you do this, I'm going to use it against you and beat you over the head with it. And he does it every time, and he's going to do it this time. Um, but if, if they try to suspend him, I, I mean, you know, Saban will probably look at Sankey and like, no, you're suspended, bro. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean I'm suspended? I, I suspend you. Hey, the check cleared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right, Jacob. It's good to talk to you, brother. Absolutely, Max. We appreciate it, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, who, who was that? that, that was Leon. That Let's next. go to, out to Leon on the hotline. 205-342-9904. Leon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, my man? Not much. Hey, I always have thought you as a brilliant young man. You know what? I appreciate You're very it. very impressive to me. I appreciate it, Leon. Very impressive to me. I like how you run your show. But there's one thing that bothers me that you said it more than once, and so I have to come in on it. Uh-oh. I disagree with you. <laughs> You say something about Nick Saban in this whatever kind of word you said concerning parody in college football. You said okay. I've been parody. I don't think you really understand what he was saying when he said that. It's possible. As brilliant a young man as you are, I don't think you really understand what he was saying when he said that. He's not talking about these teams. See, when you hear the word parody, you you listen you you're looking at it as though you're only thinking about from a sports fan perspective. Mm-hmm. No one gives anybody a team to equal the other team they got to play against. But you give them the same uniforms, you know, equipment and all that stuff, and then that is your parity. Okay, the same type athlete, not not the the, the scholar athlete, not the bought one. You understand? Of course. And, and a coaching staff that's being paid, and in other words, t- taking all the cheatery out the game, and there is your parity. And when he spoke on parity, that's what he's talking about. Not that 
they are, have always been a whole bunch of teams the same caliber as Alabama since Nick Saban been there. That's not what he was alluding to. And you speak of it as though that's what he's alluding to, and you say he's in a fantasy world. He's not in a fantasy world. There always have been parity. And when he talks about disrupting the parity, he's talking about where some teams will be able to buy a whole roster and some teams will be getting the leftover scrap for a college athlete then that does distort the parity. Now, so far as whether it be to win or not, all that comes with effort and, you know, what you buy in and what you put into it. That's what you're going to get out of it. So he is indeed right concerning the parity thing. And there always have been parities. Now, just because you don't prepare as well as the next team and don't have the ultimate success because you don't prepare as well as the next team, that don't mean it ain't no parity. So uh, just, just think about it that way. And that's not to say that you might not still feel the same way you feel. But I'll just give you another point of view, my man. No, I appreciate it, Leon. I, I, What I wonder is, okay, if I look at parity as more of a situation where the, the playing field is a little bit more level, then my argument would have to transition to the fact that the playing field was never level. And it's because blue bloods have always existed in this sport and and football. It's not, no matter what you do, when you look back over the national championships over the years, as far as you want to go back 150 years, one thing you're always going to find in common is the money. The, The fact that it's, it's the schools that have the money to pour the resources in to coaches, into recruiting, into players to be able to, uh, to be able to manufacture a franchise basically that can, that can win championships because as much as I, I can go back to, to my time in Troy and talk about the heart of that kind of team and the way that the heart of that kind of team can go into Baton Rouge and beat LSU. Sure. That's a, that's a part of football and it has a lot to do with the fact that LSU was on a downturn that year as well just as much as it did with Troy having an upturn. That that is a that is a sense of parity that does exist. But the fact remains that it doesn't matter how much Troy prepares to play Clemson later that year, they're gonna get their ass kicked every single time because they just don't have the resources to actually compete. And my problem with that is to say that the parity exists, sure, but the fact still remains that they're still in the same division and what realistically Troy is not looking for a spot in the college football playoff, but it's still something that is advertised as if it's something that they could because they're in the same division. They're pulled, they're pulled from the same pool. But the problem is, is that the, the Oklahoma's, the Alabama's, the, the Texas's, the Oklahoma's, the whoever's, they're, they're all bigger pieces within the pool. So when that claw comes down to pull the prize out, it's going to pull the same five or six ones every single year. And that's where the parity doesn't necessarily exist in my mind. Well, okay. I agree with you 100% because what you, now, you're, you're right. But now have it ever down on you that parity is just like everything else that comes with effort. You know, oh, yeah. okay. If I give, okay. If I give you the opportunity I don't need to give you the bread, too. I need to give you the opportunity to get the bread. See what I'm saying? Of course. Okay. Now, anytime there were people that were being denied the opportunity systematically, 
then you'll say, well, there's not any parity. Now, when you get the way you can say, well, I got open my wallet, and I can just buy this whole thing. Now, that's the starting the parity. But if you're giving the same, everybody the same opportunity to do that based on what's available to them, then you're not distorting the, the parity. No, now, I, I agree with that because if you, you can look oh, at it from this perspective, because I don't want to bring those juggernauts down. I want to bring everybody else up. In, okay. You, you know what I'm saying? I, there's there's no, no reason to take away from the elite. No matter what sports you look at, there's always somebody that's elite for a certain period of time. But right. you could look at a Vanderbilt and say, you pour all these resources into baseball, and you have some of the most well-educated graduates ever. So if they gave a lick about football and put money back into that program, right. they would be sitting right. near the top of the SEC if they wanted to. The fact of the matter is they don't want to. But there's many programs that do, but it doesn't matter necessarily how much effort they want to put into their football program. The resources will be differing because – Every program has its own different set of situations based off of whether whether it's its conference, its location, it's whatever. And ultimately, that unevens the playing field naturally. Yes, you can have more effort than another team on, an, on any given Saturday and possibly win, depending on the talent disparity. But ultimately, it, it's, it's a wrap from the jump. Well, yeah, you know, that's... That's a way to look at it, but the real, realistically, man, let's let's, let's move it over across to just the regular workaday world, everyday people. You have you have what you have, and the other person has what he has, and he chose. You see what I'm saying? He wasn't pushed into. He chose to be in a lower grade of circumstances or higher grade of circumstances. In other words, the system didn't do it. The person themselves did. Okay, well, I take that back and look back to the college sports world. The the, the Vanderbilt of the world and everything, they choose not to do what Texas A&M does and Alabama does and Georgia does. They choose not to. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I understand the academic requirements are different, and you know what I'm saying? I understand all that. But now it's all in what you want. If you want a GMC pickup truck, you buy one. If you want the the, 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 the top of the line automobile, then you buy one of those. You know what I'm saying? But oh, yeah. as long as nobody's not keeping you from doing it, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, then, but, then my argument would be then the if, if you don't choose to be involved in that, then don't be mm-hmm. in our league. The, you know, if you don't want to play right. football that way with Alabama and A&M and LSU and Georgia and everybody else, then don't right. be in the SEC for football. Like, let, let's so, let's narrow it down to who actually wants to play these sports and put the effort and the, and the money and the resources in. Because otherwise, you're wasting these kids' times. You're wasting money. You're, you're wasting everybody's time by making it seem like there's something that exists here that, that ultimately really doesn't because of the the... the decisions of people in suits over the lives of some of these athletes that are trying to find something productive to do and something that they love to do. And they're, they're so passionate about it that they take a scholarship to go play for a mediocre team. Right? So the passion is, is going to be there. The effort is going to be there, but ultimately the decision kind of takes place off the field. And I have a, a real hard problem with that because everything that happens on the field is what should, ha- what should matter. Right. Okay, well, see, this. so I, I break it all the way down to this right here. 
if you got regulations, guidelines, something to go by, you understand? Mm-hmm. Then therein lies your parity. You understand? Yeah. Now, I want regulation. <laughs> okay. When you don't have anything to go by, then the one with the biggest sledgehammer makes it. In other words, makes it where the parity don't exist. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I see. I I think we're on the same page now. We're just but putting it in different terms. If everybody got to wear the same size boxing gloves, man, then it's parity. Now, you can't say, well, okay, well, it ain't no parity because Joe Blow hit harder than John Q. You know what I'm saying? No, we got the same size boxing gloves on, though. You understand? I feel you, that Leon. That is your parity. I feel That's you. That's your parity. I appreciate okay, it, Leon. It was fun, buddy. Absolutely. Leon helping us out. Great conversation. A little bit more perspective on the parody. I like it. We got to run. The Jay Barker Show is coming up next. Big thanks to Joe, Mason, Hunter, and Ronell. I'm Jacob Harrison. This is Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny and very hot today. Just a small chance of any one spot getting a shower through the evening hours. The high today, 96. The low tonight, 72. Tomorrow morning, sunshine. A few scattered afternoon storms around. The high, 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the Podcast Center. On Tide100.9.com. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it. By visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association.